As I walked on through Chatham Street, a fair maid I did meet. She asked me to see her home, she looked and blinked straight to me away. Santi, my dear Annie, oh, you New York girls, can you dance the polka? The Long Haul Podcast, America's Irish Voice. Interviews with inspiring immigrants, renowned Irish personalities, and discussions on all things Irish America. Presented by Michael Dorgan and Johnny Kennedy. On this week's podcast, I get an update from Raymond Byrne about his attempt to row from New York to Ireland as part of the three-man team known as The Hard Way Home. Raymond, who's from Waterford, along with Americans Chris McCaffrey and Ryan Cosgrove, are embarking on a 3,000-mile voyage to raise funds for the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust. The team set sail on June 15th, but suffered a major setback shortly into the voyage and had to be pulled ashore to Cape Cod after losing power. Raymond gives me a rundown on exactly what happened and what the team's plans are now going forward. I spoke with Ray last Sunday, July 4th, when the team were planning to leave last Monday, the following day, July 5th, but they have since been delayed again until this weekend due to concerns over Hurricane Elsa. To keep up to date with the latest developments of the team, follow them on Instagram or Facebook on the handle at the hard way home. The team have been posting regular updates to their social media throughout the trip, and you can check back on our previous podcast with Ray to get some more details on the difficulties and the challenges of the trip. If you'd like to support the team in raising money for the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust, there's a donation link in the description of this podcast or check out their website, thehardwayhome.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Long Haul Podcast. As we mentioned previously, our website is currently being redeveloped and we're now covering some more Irish-American news and sports stories, including golf, soccer and New York Ladies GA. So if you'd like to suggest a story or submit one yourself, please message us on social media. Ahead of the big fight this weekend, we're also releasing a Conor McGregor podcast special with Irish combat sports reporter Donna Carby. So stay tuned for that. We talk about McGregor's impact on America and if this is a must-win fight for his legacy in the UFC. But first, over to Ray. Ray, thanks very much for coming back on to the Long Haul Podcast to give us an update on your journey. Unfortunately, it's sooner than we both would have imagined. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I don't see any water anywhere. <laughs> no, no, no. We're on land at the moment. So tell us what happened. So what happened from the last time I was talking to you, uh, we launched, we were late launching from New York because we were held up by the weather and we needed this kind of very specific weather window to get offshore because the boat handles very well away from the shore, but it's not great uh, in the coastal waters because we don't have an engine and it's difficult to control uh, in big, like bad weather, so to speak. Um, So we waited for that. We finally launched on the 15th of uh, June. Um, And then we got about four days of good weather, which was great. We were cruising and then uh, Tropical Storm Claudette uh his or was coming up the coastline so the weather router recommended that we put out the power anchor and uh which is like a parachute that holds water underneath the boat and it allows you to slow down and you drift kind of slightly okay um so it doesn't go it doesn't hit the it doesn't actually touch the ground does it no 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 it's uh like uh, a line from the bow of the boat okay and then a big parachute 
So right. when the wind is pushing you this way, the parachute catches the water and it acts as like tons weight, like a couple of tons of weight pulling this way, even more with the bigger ones. Um, so we put that out, we kind of settled down and then you're kind of sitting around doing nothing. Uh, so Claudette kind of passed off to the east a bit, but one of the issues we had was there was crazy fog at the time. Uh, the second day that we were on power anchor, uh, so the fog kind of brings all these new problems where essentially our AIS system, which is supposed to like show what our boats where we are and where they are, it seemed to be kind of flickering on and off. Like sometimes we would see boats and then you're like, that's definitely a massive boat and it's not on the AIS system. So there was little kind of problems there. So when you can't see more than 10 feet from the boat uh, because of the fog, it becomes a big issue because obviously you want to know that these, not so much for us, us banging into a big boat is not a problem for them, but a big boat, which like, I'm mean, you're talking massive, massive. I'm not talking like a fishing boat. There's massive shipping boat, like oil tankers, cargo boats out there. Um, and we're right near those shipping lanes, like, cause okay. they're quite close in when you're just off the coast of uh, Long Island out to like Rhode Island, Nantucket. So we, uh, in the middle of the night, like we're awake all night, like on a fitful, and you hear the VHF, and the VHF is going. <sighs> and our VHF then is another issue is that our aerial, it's tough in a small boat to have this massive aerial to hear far away. So sometimes it's kind of staticky. And then the boat's called uh, Barney, which seems to sound like every other boat name out there, right? <laughs> it's like, did they say Barney? And it's like a Russian accent an Indian accent. It's like then New England guys. And it's like some guy replied to it and he was like, oh, this is Dory. And we were like, oh, they must have meant Dory. But you're still listening. And then we heard it a lot clearer, obviously, because that boat is that they're getting a lot closer. Uh, Barney, Barney, Barney. Which means they definitely saw us on the AIS because you can't see outside. And we, I answered back straight away, said I was here. And they were like, are you okay? Because we're on this power anchor where we're doing this really weird little loop and they're just not expecting to see that they want to see boats on a course. So we were like, yeah, we're fine. We're a small craft. Uh, we're at power anchor. And he was like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll give you a wide berth. And we were like, great. And then we're standing on the deck and you can see nothing. Like the, you can see barely the moon, like just the full moon. And then everything else is white fog, like in the nighttime, like you can't see like a few feet. So um, you could hear then me and Ryan, the engine of this massive boat, just rumbling past. I was like a stone's throw away, you know. We were just like, it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, but you could see nothing, just a vibration yeah. and the big engine, like just rolling by. Um, and we were like, wow, okay. So we didn't sleep at all that night. And then the next morning, we started rowing again. So we get going. We're having a great start to the day. Um, now, the AIS is still running. This will become apparent what the issue was later on. Uh, so we keep going for the day. And I'm kind of thinking in my head, I'll get some sleep later on tonight. You know, like I'm rowing all day again on top of not sleeping. The rowing the day, or we weren't rowing the day before. So I'm like, okay, I'll get a few hours in tonight. Uh, and then we ran into this like just insane thunderstorm out of the blue. 
just like, and it whipped up, like the wind got so heavy so quickly that it just starts creating these big waves, big swell that are capping out. So like the rain falling, it's just like otherworldly, you know, it's like nothing you would experience, I'd had experienced anywhere yeah. else. Um, so we're rowing in this and like, I, I suppose everyone on board's a little bit of a, an adrenaline junkie, <laughs> like you like to live on the edge a little bit. <laughs> so we're loving it at the start. We're like, ah, it's what we came for, you know, we're riding these big waves and uh, then it goes on for a while. And then you're like, you're like, like Chris who's with me is like, uh, like, uh, it's getting, uh, <laughs> so we didn't, we just pulled the oars in eventually because we were going so fast okay. that the, the oars were not helping. Like we really just needed to keep the stern of the boat with the wave and it's rocking over and back. So if we go beam into the wave, the wave is just going to flip the boat. Like, <laughs> so, um, so that's, that's a concern, obviously. Uh, so right. it was, it was all hands on deck to um keep it going but we're flying you know and there's other boats you could see them out in the storm so again we have the ais on so they can see us uh and we know that we've been running the battery a bit too much now we haven't made water for a couple of days because with the desalinator because that uses a lot of power so we're like we're conscious of what's going on um but in the middle of that storm then once it ended uh, it just ended really abruptly and then there was just no wind like it went from being this crazy wind to just nothing uh, and a really strange place where there's like lots of currents pulling us around wherever we were we were just kind of south of the Nantucket Shoals and on top of that our compasses were just not reading like the GPS like everything was just reading these different directions so we have no idea where we are we just spent like hours and hours and hours in this storm where you know we're all kind of clued in and now it's like okay well what are we going to do like we're rowing but we don't know which way we're going yeah. um and we're like we try and put out the power anchor like before that we talked about but because there's no wind and the currents under the water the power won't hold so it just kept collapsing so we had to pull that in and at this stage we're kind of running out of um I'm running out of ideas on what essentially the last line is you just keep rowing in some direction, but we're trying to avoid these big shipping lanes just to the south of us where you can't be on anchor down there. Like, because it's essentially like, Oh, I'll just go to sleep in the middle of the road. Like yeah. it's not a great plan, you know? Um, so we had a, we have a fluke anchor, like a, like a, a real anchor, so to speak um, on board. And we're like, let's try and put out the fluke. So the problem is you're supposed to have, at least five foot of line for every foot of depth for the anchor. So the anchor is like, a, it hits the ground, it hooks in, but it won't work. It's not, it's not just the weight. Like it won't work just straight down. Yeah, it has to have enough of a diagonal for it to catch. So we definitely didn't have like a thousand foot of rope. We're out reasonably deep. Um, but we're like, let's just put everything together. And like, so we took every bit of rope on the boat shackled it bowling it like we were laughing we were saying we're putting our shoelaces together to try and get this rope as long as possible no we tossed that over the side it didn't seem to catch then you know it wasn't uh there was it didn't offer like if you if you anchor in like the harbor or somewhere like it catches and it's just rock tight and you mm. just, you just stop you know yeah. maybe you move a little bit in the wind 
but like it, the wind will hold you like dead to it. Now this didn't happen out there. So we are like, okay, let's sit down in the back. And now what happened just before, actually just before that was we realized we didn't, all the power went out. So we're in darkness. So we had ran the battery. There's no like consumer safety things on like these batteries. They don't turn off because, uh, you know, it's dangerous to not have, like whatever it is. Like they just go from working to our amperage went down and then they're gone. Dead. Okay. So now we have no power. So no GPS, no AIS, no all the main system. Everything is shut. We don't have any electricity. So we have a little like emergency, all our emergency stuff. So we're using that then to try and see. I'm trying to see if this anchor is slowing us down significantly. So it turns out it either caught on something or the drag of it on the ground, even if it was pulling a little bit, was enough to stop us. Not stop us, but we were doing a kind of a tight enough circle where we weren't going to drift into the shipping lanes. Um, so we did that. And then we're like, we'll just have to get a couple hours sleep. This is probably like two in the morning. And we're like, if we get two or three hours and we'll just re we'll see in the morning if the solar kind of kicks back in and okay. like pushes the battery up. So we do that, uh, wake up in the, we didn't really, I didn't really sleep again. And you get up in the morning and the solar no go. I mean, if we, the batteries are just off the cliff, so that's over. Uh, and then we're just in a situation where it's like, like there's no, we're not carrying on at that point because we've no systems. So you're kind of like, is this it? You know, I definitely, we were a little dejected that morning. You know, we haven't slept in a while. Like you're pretty stressed after, it's been like the ups and downs are so high and low, you know, yeah. that you're like, your system is kind of stressed out. Um, and we went, started calling people looking for a tow. Like started figuring it out then, right? It's like, we're not just going to sit out at sea for the rest of our lives. So, How many days into it is this now, right? How many days? Eight days in. Eight days at sea. Eight days. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a long time at sea in one way, like for fellas that have never been two days at sea, but also it's like a, t like we've barely left to really, yeah. like for this, if we're going to be 60 days out there. Um, so, start calling tow companies. And the first people told me that it's going to cost $7,000 to tow this boat in. And I was just like, oh. and I mean, it's, this whole project's a money pit to begin with. And I'm like, I just can't keep like, there has to be a line somewhere, you yeah. know? So I'm, I'm kind of thinking that and I'm like, uh, I'll try and figure it out. Um, and then we called Chris's uh, dad. And it turned out he has a, like a boat membership, a, a tow membership insurance. So we managed to get that together. So these guys, amazing towboat US, recommend them to everybody uh, <laughs> they ever caught out in the middle of the atlantic yeah, ocean give him a ring he's, he's <laughs> like these guys just arrived they arrived two and a half hours later brought us in we ended up in falmouth uh and everyone just amazing to us the harbor master there's just no but we went to bed and actually got some sleep for the first time. Uh, we stayed at a hotel here. A minute I like got some sleep, like I just felt <laughs> like you're like, oh, okay, I'll figure this out. So woke up the next morning and uh, just got started getting on the phone. So we couldn't leave the boat in the harbor because it's one of the busiest times of the year, you know. Uh, and it was funny. We went from Marina 59 in, in Rockaway in Brooklyn, which 
I mean, is kind of like, let's call it rough around the edges, right? It's all like punk people with tattoos and like, you know, Dominican guys fighting each other over fishing boats. And it's like, it's amazing. Like, that's our home. But we came into Falmouth, which is like Kennedy country in Massachusetts. Yeah. And we were like, what is this place? <laughs> like, <laughs> everything is like, like these million dollar boats. Everything's like pristine. And we were like, this doesn't look like where we came from. <laughs> um, so we like this boat. Uh, and we, they tied up the boat to the end of the harbor, like right on the street. Like you could literally just come off the street and like step into the boat. And we at first we were kind of like, is, is the boat safe here? And then you're like, if you were going to steal a boat, this is, this is the last <laughs> boat. It's like 150 boats that you would steal right there before this one, you know? We were like, yeah, it's probably fine. So we tied it up, went to sleep, got up. And then we had to take get the boat out of the harbor the first time. So just started calling people to see if we could get it towed or called out and that. And uh, ended up talking to a guy, Tim. That's where I am right now at his house. And uh, we were like, uh, can you haul our boat out of like Famine Harbor? And he's like, yeah, yeah, where's it going? And we're like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, he was like, interesting. Uh, what's the issue? And I was like, well, we're going to Ireland on the boat, <laughs> but we're not sure how long or when we're doing it. So, and he was like, let me take it. Like, he goes, okay, so what we'll do is we'll take it out. We'll put the boat on blocks at his house. All right. And then we'll transport it when necessary. Right. So amazing, amazing stuff. So we're like, great. And the second day there then, so we're still trying to figure things out and we're calling people to get the repairs done. So we're putting in a generator, a really small methanol generator to back up the solar because our solar system is just not going to work for like the Grand Banks. And we, we can't do more than three days of fog, which okay. is just, uh, we suddenly just yeah. found out that's not going to work, you know? Um, so then the second day we're here, which is the other kind of funny story uh, that's going to be on the Boston News this evening, is I had this, there's a guy lived near the bar. He come in, when I initially met his parents, they came in, he had ran the marathon. They come in after the marathon. We had a party. They like loved myself and Jeff, my partner. And they were like, oh, this is going to be our place in New York. And we were like, great, like amazing, you know? Um, and then Nick would be in a good bit, the son, because he lives around the corner. Great guy. Uh, you know, and you don't get nothing, right? You're in, that's the business we're in, right? So a few months ago, he comes in with his parents and they're having brunch and he, he starts telling the story of the boat. So I sit down then, pull up a chair and they're asking me all about the boat and they're, Tom is very interested in it, loves the story of the boat. So there's huge support right off the bat and uh, Tom asks me then, he goes, would, would you do something for me? And I said, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And he goes, we have this medal in the family, like a, a whole a miraculous medal, yeah. and it belonged to the grandfather. And he, uh, Irish American, always had it for luck. And would you take it back? Because he had, and then it turns out he had like an amazing experience in Ireland. The grandfather, and he goes, will you take it back to Ireland? Do you know, bring it on the journey back to Ireland. And I said, oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get the medal, and we leave with the medal anyway. So we're only here in Falmouth, like I would say less than 24 hours. And Tom calls and he's like, are you in Falmouth? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. He goes, me too. You know, that's where I live. <laughs> Jeez. 
So the medal, like, <laughs> the medal drew us in. And uh, so, taught, like, I mean, the Hardeman family just, he was like, do you need a truck? I'm going to, I'm dropping down yeah. a truck to you now. Like, you're going to stay at the house. You're going to have to, uh, here's what we're going to do with this. I've called the news station. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Um, and you're just like, they've been amazing. So we've been at their house for over a week being, uh, yeah, fully Recoup- adopted, really. Recuperating. Jeez, that's, yeah, that's, some, yeah, that's, yeah, some, yeah. that's some side story, isn't it? Unreal. And now here's an even stranger bit. So the daughter in the family just had premature, very premature uh, twins. And they're both doing great. But they live in New York. And of all the like hospitals in New York, and my uh, girl is a pediatrician at Brooklyn Methodist. And while we were here, those babies got transferred into Kathleen's care in a totally different hospital. Like Whoa. they were like picked and moved across. And now it's just insane. I mean, you just couldn't, uh, <laughs> you couldn't, you wouldn't believe yeah. it. You know, it's just like, it's absolutely crazy. It's like you're meant um, to meet, oh, this was supposed to come together before you actually got on your way proper and get over there. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, it, absolutely. Like someone said to me today in the family went, because I have this holy medal going, wait, let's see, I have it in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, class. So uh, someone was saying to me, are, are you religious? And I went, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're moving the needle in the right direction Jeez. for me. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah, you're yeah, there. Yeah. So you're there a week. So are you? Yeah, we've been here 10 days now, I think. Okay. Like we'll be here 10 days altogether, kind of a Wednesday to a Monday. Okay. So the boat is fine. It's getting finished today. Wicked hard getting parts. It's just been a, like the same kind of thing. So we finally got all the stuff together i think we we, well, we have to get it finished today and then the weather's good tomorrow so we're going to launch from chatham which is a bit further down on okay. the on the on the cape um and 10 o'clock tomorrow morning the high tide we're going to get back out there hopefully i have to say hopefully in front of everything because you just yeah, can't plan yeah. anything you know the amount of but that that's the plan for tomorrow anyway yeah so, so structurally the boat has been fine has it there hasn't been any issues with it structurally it's just some of the well we the had electro- one issue where there was kind of a leak but oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah we sorry, solved that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, t- talk us through that um so we have chris one of the guys uh he's like the barometer of uh problems you know and he'll try and be calm about it when he says it <laughs> and he, he goes he opened something up and he's like uh uh ray is, is there supposed to be this much water in this and i was like i had a look i was like no chris <laughs> that's what the water in this. um so it turns out we had um the the guys who previously had the boat uh, there's a drop-down centerboard which gives the boat traction under the water, okay. but they had to be able to pull it in and out because they were bringing the boat on land in Alaska, wherever it was. Now, something must have happened there where it, previously it was all completely shelled, but they had to break the casing for some reason. Now, it's not a very big hole, but and when we were in Brooklyn, it was never an issue, and it just... It makes it easy to take it in and out. It seemed to make sense, you know. But then we put too much weight on the boat. And obviously the water line slightly changes then. And what happened was when we were leaving with all the additional supplies and the weight, that 
after a couple of days and the seas are a lot bigger that the water splashing in the the cavity yeah. the hole uh started to weigh the boat down further and then the further we go down the easier the splash is so by the time we kind of realized it the whole boat was full of water and we we're riding like way down now they're built to that's for that not to be a critical issue it's just makes the boat it's not great you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not ideal but the Excellent. boat is built in compartments, so there's always air to kind of keep us uh, afloat. So, yeah, we had to kind of figure out how to get it out. And then that was a whole issue because the boat was so heavy, we couldn't get it above the waterline. So we had to kind of plug the gap. We were using all these different things. We were like epoxy, all these different tapes to try and figure it out, bits of wood. Um, and eventually the, the best trick was like four rags. And we have a hammer there to keep the centerboard down. So the whole trip is kind of riding on four old rags and uh, Thor's hammer, we call. We call the hammer is holding uh, holding the corner of it down. And we, we came back and we're like, oh, we'll fully fix that a different way. And it's got to be a better way. Yeah. And we went through a bunch of ideas. And like the rags and the hammer is the best one. <laughs> like if we were to mill things to fix the problem, they would look like a hammer and something like rags to hold the pressure underneath um until it can be fully like fiberglass again so uh yeah i need have you repaired that no have you that stuff is that properly repaired now as well you're not going back no it's still got the worst (laughs) no that's what i'm saying the rags is like the best there's no easy solution that we could fix in the in the few days where um the way it is now works it'll definitely work for a couple of months as and when you are cognizant of the problem when too much we always check it for water now. Okay. So if there's any water, we just pump it out. So it, sh- it should never get to the stage where we're riding that low that the water is. And because the rags are there, there's no splash involved. Okay. So the, If well, you need me, if anyone's out there and they're listening, they need me to come over to the house and fix the hole <laughs> with rags and a hammer. I can't, wait for, I can't wait for the book, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How to? Come here, Ed. Tell me, did you see? Did you come across big waves? Or I, I heard there's a whale underneath you at one stage. Like, yeah, was, the night of, of the, uh, we seen the the like the second night, lots of dolphins, a uh, humpback whale in the distance, and then sharks. Two sharks come and they circle the boat, and they kind of check it out, and then they they left. Um, we saw a big sunfish. And then the night of the storm, like in the middle of the craziness, this huge humpback whale breached the water and just came back down like like lightning hit, like clap of thunder with Whoa. this. And we were like, we're on some other dimension at the moment, you know, it was, it was yeah, wild. And how, how are you getting on with the actual rowing and stuff? Did you find it, uh, is it as expected, tougher than expected or? Yeah, I mean, the first... It's funny, the first couple of days, your back is going to hurt anyway, like your lower back, just from the motion, because even though you're training, you're not training 12 hours a day, multiple days in a row. Yeah. Uh, so like when you put in the 36 hours in three days, it just, you can, but surprisingly, it kind of wore off pretty quickly as well. You know, like it, you start to get used to it. Uh, and then just the pressure points uh, kind of on your behind was, was an issue at the start, but what we did was actually turn the row seats around the wrong way. And for some reason that works. So we're riding the row seats backwards okay. with a little bit of foam on top. And it doesn't seem to have the same. It cleared that up. 
So it's pretty cruisy on the row front. Um, sleeping, the, the issue we really ran into was eating. Like, and it, uh, we were seasick. I was seasick the first day. Um, and then Ryan, everyone was kind of the first day. And what happened was uh, we, we had the medications and that, and that was fine. Um, but because I didn't eat the first kind of day or two, I tried to eat too much the next day, thinking I had to get the calories in, which made me sick. And then I didn't want to eat. I, I messed up the eating for myself personally. Ryan did pretty good. Uh, he just eats all the time. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. He's like the most hangry person on the. That's <laughs> all he thinks about. Is, but he's doing great because he's eating all the time. His stomach is good. And then poor Chris is sick all week from the motion sickness, which, I mean, he's like the... Uh, He's, he's a tough guy, you know. He's been laughing about it. Like, he's... Kenny and, so, Kenny and so far. Fun, <laughs> you know? He's, like, he's getting up. He's, like, puking over the side. He's laughing about it. He's rowing for two hours. Yeah. But rowing is good. It's only when you're in the cabin. Are you, like, if you can't see the horizon. And... But, I mean, like, having to do that for a week, I really hope we can uh, kind of overcome it because it's uh, very tough on him if he has to spend like eight weeks being sick all the time, you know? Um, but so, yeah, that, that's kind of a, it's not a concern because he deals with it so well, but it's, uh, it's, t- it's tough on him for sure. So that, at any point, have you thought, were you going to throw in the towel? It doesn't seem talking to you that you were, that you're still adamant that you're going to, that you're going to get yeah, there. I mean, I mean, the morning, the night after Everton went down was like, you're like, well, we're kind of riding the edge here, you know, like the storm was pretty hairy um, and then just floating around a little bit. Mm. And yeah, I, I mean, not that we weren't ejected then, but in the morning when it was all dead and just the kind of the some of the cost when I'm running through like numbers in my head, you know, and it's sometimes it's a little bit different on my end, right? Where it's like you're kind of thinking of all that as well where it's like, where's the line, right? And I'm willing to do nearly anything to get things done. Um, but also don't want to be, you, you don't want to just be stupid about it either. Uh, but where there's a chance, the, the minute I got some sleep, I was like, no, nah, we're, we're, this is happening, you know? Um, and you can feel the goodwill of people, yeah. you know? Like once we got here, everyone is like, you guys are rolling across the ocean. I want to help. I want to do this. Let me like call this person. Let's come to the house. And then you're like, well, we got to do it for, <laughs> we got to do it for these people now. You know, it's like, it's uh, you just suck up that energy. Um, and it's funny because originally it was a row from New York to Ireland, but in the record books with the ocean people, that's actually, that's gone now. Like we failed that essentially. Right. So it's a new one from Cape Cod to Ireland. Okay. That's where we're rowing now, you know? Okay. So it's interesting that uh, in our heads, we're still rowing from New York to Ireland. We just took a little pit stop along the way, yeah. you know? That's... I mean, this Cape Cod life is pretty nice too. I mean, that was <laughs> maybe the closest we came to like giving up on this is when, I mean, Tom's house is really nice. <laughs> like we have a, we have a private beach. So <laughs> we've been living it up in Cape Cod and you know, it, like we were just saying, we're just going to, people are going to, we're all going to have like the Cape Cod, like polo shirt on, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the white khaki pants. And uh, we'll just be like, look, we'll be back to New York when we can. But 
you know, we're Cape Codders now for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in that area last year, Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard. It's a, it's a great, great spot, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I don't yeah. have the money to match it, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think we could live here that long, no. So, yeah, it's like you met, you met people who really identify with you. You know, they're both people as well. They're living on the, on the sea there. Yeah. Com- compared to New York here, where we're all, uh, you know, chasing the rush, all the city yeah. slickers. So the plan now, Ray, is tomorrow you're, set, you're, you're taking off again tomorrow. You're, over the summer, the last couple of weeks or months, you were delayed because of the, uh, the weather conditions. The weather conditions yeah. are all right tomorrow. Is there a chance then that if it goes back another week that, she, that the whole thing might be scuppered? Or how- yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have to go now. Yeah, okay. yeah. We 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 spent all our time, like, and it gets really dangerous okay. on the back end. Not so much now, but at the end of August, like the percentage rate of big storms and like really kind of catastrophic weather, hurricanes and stuff goes up, okay. up, up as that season goes on. So we have to leave now. And it turns out the weather looks good now. Now we did have a little scare yesterday because Hurricane Elsa is rocking up the coast and yesterday on the models it was like we were going to be like directly hit with that hurricane if we left tomorrow and we can't really wait around another week like that's it's just starting to get kind of this is our last shot last roll of the dice for sure like if we have another problem or something doesn't work or whatever it's it's definitely like a wrap for this year i would imagine what is it 60 days from tomorrow then that you expect uh, around that or 60 i mean we should be able to yeah, 60 days, I think, is not a bad estimation. Hopefully, we can do it quicker. Um, that if, if things go our way, we'll definitely do it a good bit, like a good few days quicker than that. But there just seems to be lots of things that go wrong. <laughs> do you have any concern that, like, what happened to you, that you weren't that far out from shore, that if the same thing happened and you're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, how hard is it going to be to get help well, there? Well, of course, you know, like if we get out there and it's... Like, that's the thing. Now, the thing is, we were hit by big weather. We went through the fog. All these different scenarios, we kind of got to play them out and test the systems for the eight days. And the only thing we had an issue with was the solar. The boat herself was great in the big weather. And that was a big concern before we left. So it's like ourselves, we can handle it out there. You know, like the eight days was a big, it was more of a confidence builder, really, than anything else. Like, we were out there, we got hit pretty hard. And we were like, oh, we're great. If the, we, like, if the system, the electricity had it kept running, we would have kept going. You know, there wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah. So I'm not too concerned about that. I think we have uh, a better shot now than obviously. We, if we had it kept going and it was sunny days and this happened, like you said, a thousand miles further, it'd be over. Yeah. You know, we'd have to be kind of off the boat. Like you're not getting a, a, a battery. Um, your battery's charged by an oil tanker. You know, they're just, you're either getting on it and going with them and dumping the boat or you're floating around for a while. So it was like a training session. So the first eight days and now it's the real thing. All right. That was the real thing. <laughs> Round two. And by the way, once you get to Ireland, you are rowing back, yeah? For sure. We'll probably row to Greece <laughs> or something first for a little holiday. And then we'll, we'll, we'll row back after that. <laughs> Ray, no worries. I wish you all the best. The best of luck. I will be following you on At The Hard Way Home. I guess I don't forget. At The Hard Way Home. And you're doing it's it always, for... It's always entertaining, if nothing the, else. For the Kevin Bell repatriation trust yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get that rolling. Yeah. The, so uh, perfect. Okay. Thanks, all right, Ray, Ray. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. And safe travels. Why, Santi? 
And that's all for this week. Let us know what you think by leaving us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Long Haul Podcast. Make sure you keep an eye out for that Conor McGregor podcast special with Irish combat sports reporter Donna Carby ahead of the big fight at the weekend. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and your streaming provider to ensure that you get instantly notified for that episode and all future releases to keep up to date with the latest developments of the hardway home team follow them on instagram and facebook on the handle at the hardway home if you'd like to support their efforts in raising money for the kevin bell repatriation trust there's a donation link in the description of this podcast or check out their website thehardwayhome.com as mentioned earlier we're currently expanding our website to cover more irish american news and sports stories like golf GA soccer so if you'd like to suggest a story or submit one yourself please message us on social media if you like what you hear please leave us a five star review on your podcast provider this will ensure that we can get more podcasts to you more often and thanks for listening